0: 30 facing a second and 10 of the 29. Ray Ray goes in jet sweep motion, orbit motion. They give it to him in a handoff back. Turns the corner down the sideline. He's gone. 40, 30, 20, 10, 5, touchdown. What is good everybody? Welcome to another Niners Nation instant reaction podcast. I'm Rob Stats Carrera here with you flying solo tonight. Levin Black had a work emergency so he can't join us. So I am here with you and happy holidays to everyone celebrating. Ho, ho, ho. 49ers have won their eighth straight game. They look absolutely fantastic. Scoring 37 points beating the Commanders 37 to 20. Before we get rolling here, I want to remind everybody, please rate, review, and follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. We always say if you take the time to leave a review, we will take the time to read it on the show. It sounds weird to say this. The 49ers scored 37 points, and they should have scored way more. They should have scored way more because they were set up multiple times in this game and and got field goals instead of touchdowns Because this Defense is incredible. It is amazing how good this defense is. And i it's the best in the league. It's not close. There is no second that even holds a candle to what we're seeing from San Francisco in this one. Anytime they need a big play, the defense steps up. And one of the big plays in this game that's going to get no credit whatsoever is Washington takes out Taylor Heineke. They go with Carson Wentz. He leads him down the field. He scores a touchdown to make it 30-20. to And then Washington tries for the two-point conversion. And who is there again? Nick Bosa busts through the line, makes a sack, blows up the play on the two-point conversion. That kept it a two-score game instead of making it a one-score game for the 49ers. That changes how the rest of that game plays out. That changes how the final five and a half minutes of the game play out. And it doesn't even count as an official sack for Nick Bosa, which stinks. Which, by the way, he had two more sacks in this game. Right, were you watching Emmanuel Acho? Were you watching this time? Not enough effort from Bosa? He doesn't make game-changing plays? Well, I hope you've been watching the last two weeks because that guy has should have sewn up the Defensive Player of the Year award. He should absolutely have sewn it up. Mark Harrison watching on YouTube. Merry Christmas from the UK. Go Niners. Merry Christmas, Mark. Love going international here on the show. Like I said, I am flying solo, so I'll try and take as many of your comments as possible, uh, try and make this as as interactive as possible so it's not just me rambling up here over and over again. Bernie on Facebook points it out, 17.5 sacks for Nick Bosa. And I said going into the year, I legitimately thought he had a real shot at 20. I think Levin actually asked me, would you take right now 16.5 sacks for Bosa? And I said no. Cause I think he I I just thought he was gonna blow up this year, and he absolutely has. And he's done it with some injuries on the defensive line, too, which is pretty surprising. Um, you know, Kinlaw was wasn't there for most of the year. Armstead missed a huge chunk of time, and Bosa's just been producing every single week. Tim Johnson watching on YouTube. Bosa's great, but the defense did not look so good against Wentz. I mean, we gotta keep in mind the game situation here, too. First of all, Traverius Ward was in and out of the lineup. Uh, Wentz ended up going 12 of 16 for 123 yards, but he came in when the game was kind of out of hand. It was a two-score game. And I think the Niners were playing a little bit of soft coverage and just trusting that Wentz was not going to be able to consistently go down the field against him. And they turned it on when they needed to. I mean, I I, I even think that Kyle Shanahan could have challenged a potential turnover at the end of that game but he didn't because he had just lost the challenge like two plays later. So if he challenges that and the Niners get the turnover, then Washington doesn't look nearly as good. So, we'll, you know, let's not get too hard on the, uh, on the Niners D because they didn't blow your doors off against Carson Wentz. Offensively for the Niners, like I said, they scored 37 points, so it's hard to complain, but they easily could have scored more because – they had drives that started at the 49ers 40. They had drives that started at the Washington 11 and another drive that started at Washington's 25 yard line. And they got nine points on those possessions. So if they had scored even one touchdown on any of those, they would have put up a 40 on Washington. So it's weird to say that the offense could have done more, but they absolutely could have sort of crazy. Ooh, that doesn't look good. Sorry about that. Uh, So. Look, I think that the defenses have kind of seen Brock a little bit, right? He's more film on him than they've seen. They're starting to get a book on him a little bit, I think. Honestly, he's part of it, too. And it's only going to get harder for him going forward, right? You've got the, the rest of the games in the regular season, and then you got to play good defenses in the playoffs. So it's going to get tough for Brock Purdy. And he, he made multiple heads-up plays in this game, to be fair. Multiple plays where and they might not show up on the box score, but maybe where he could have tried to break out of a sack and throw the ball and, you know, do that. Instead, he held on to the ball, protected it, took the sack, especially at the end of the game. There was one in the red zone where he did that. There was one play where it was a broken play. It's got a free rusher coming at him. He runs to the sideline, does a little pirouette spin move and throws the ball out of bounds. Instead of taking a loss, like he's made multiple very, very, very heady plays. Vishkumar is in the chat from India. He's in India right now. I don't even know what time it is in India, but he's here watching the instant reaction show Uh for the game. Brock Purdy, he only had four completions in the first half and he finished up. 15 of 22, 234 yards, two touchdowns and interception. It was actually really interesting. So he had four completions in the first half for 55 yards. And then on the first drive of the third quarter, he had three completions for like 50 yards. So he came out of the gates looking to score. Actually, there was a good stat on the broadcast. Let's see if I can find it. It is the ninth time in 15 games that the Niners have scored points on the first drive of the second half. So whatever Kyle has been able to do, and he usually scripts the first few plays of the second half also, but it has been working clearly for the 49ers because they came right out in the second half, seven plays, 76 yards, Brock Purdy hits Kittle on the little rollout, and Kittle does what he does, which is just rampage through opposing defenses for the touchdown and looking just unbelievable, by the way. I love all the uh, all the Merry Christmas wishes from everybody. Thank you very much. Uh, pizza party watching on YouTube. Ty Davis Price seeks out defenders to hit instead of trying to miss them. Don't understand his game. I kind of agree with you. There were a couple plays where it looked like he had more room to gain yards and didn't. Um, and maybe that's why he hasn't played so much. Um, but no, Brock Purdy was very impressive just to continue along what I was saying. the The stadium was chanting Brock Purdy at one point. Like, I don't remember any Garoppolo chance. I'll tell you that. Maybe I'm wrong. If you, if you remember, let me know. Uh, Andre, watching on YouTube, always a big supporter of the instant reaction. Brock's downfield throws to Kittle and Ayuk look amazing. That's something Jimmy could never really do well. He does push the ball down the field more. Absolutely. And the one thing that he does consistently, and he's done it ever since he's got in there, he doesn't miss the open guys. He doesn't miss the quote-unquote Jimmy Gimmies like we used to call him. He puts it on the money every time, and it helps guys pick up yards after And We saw it today with Kiddo. We saw it today with Ayuku at had a 50-yarder. He doesn't miss those plays, and Kyle's always going to be able to draw them up. Waltony101, watching on my Twitch page, at Stats on Fire. If you don't already follow me there, please do. I like to look at this Kiddo guy. Seems like a decent offensive weapon. I keep Saying it right, blocking as good as it is, is still the second best thing that George Kittle does. He is a terror with the ball in his hands. It's unbelievable. Guys are just literally not interested in tackling George Kittle. It's phenomenal. They don't want to do it. And he just runs right through everybody and gets touchdowns. He is so good as a weapon. And I loved at the end of the game, 49ers are 30 to 20. They're once again in Washington territory, third and one Ty Davis price. Oh no, I'm sorry. It was uh, third and 11 and McCaffrey picked up eight and Kyle brings the field goal team out there. And then he runs the clock down and he calls timeout. And then he sends the offense back out on the field, which, you know, I love because I've been saying he should do it more and more and credit to Kyle. He has been, and they put the ball in Brock's hands, right? Not a run. Not a like end around, nothing like that. They put the ball in Brock's hands. They said, get us this first down. And who does he find over the middle? George Kittle almost had another touchdown. Would have been his third touchdown. Hits Kittle, goes to his best guy in a critical spot in the game. And guess what? Kittle rewards him for it. I loved that at the end of the game. And then they hand it to Christian Caffrey and he gets the touchdown at the end. I just love seeing that from Kittle. And shout out to Kittle. Eight touchdowns on the year now. That is a new career high. He had set a new career high last year with six. Before that, it was five. So two straight years, Kittle has set a career high in touchdowns. It's weird. He seems to do his best work with backup quarterbacks in the game. I don't know why. When he he broke the record for receiving yards by a tight end in a single season, it was the year the Niners were shuffling quarterbacks in and out. So I don't know what the deal is there. But maybe it's just a tight end safety blanket thing for a quarterback that's not usually in. But whatever you're doing, keep doing it. It's working. What did Kittle end up with in the game? Let me check real quick. I think it was like six for 120 something. It was six for 120 and two touchdowns. Massive. And he's coming off of what? 94 yard game last week against Seattle. So excellent, excellent. I think it took the Niners a little bit of time to round into shape in this game. They weren't great in the first half. They did average 7.1 yards per play, but they had a 71-yard touchdown from Ray-Ray McLeod that I think kind of skewed those numbers. Like I said, four completions for Brock Purdy in the first half, 55 yards and an interception. Although, to be fair, that interception was not Brock Purdy's fault at all. Another comment from Andre. Fourth and three and letting Brock throw it really says something. You guys know with Jimmy playing, Kyle would have kicked it. He might have. I don't know. Kyle's been going for it more on fourth down, and I love it, man. I absolutely love it. Let's keep it going. Uh, Let's see. Did the Eagles just lose? Hold on. Let me look really quickly. It's 40 to 34. Oh, man, that would be nice for the number one seed. Uh, 14 seconds left. Cowboys have the ball. They're winning. Yeah, okay, so that's got to be over. Uh, So let's run through that really quickly. It's still possible for the Niners to get the number one seed. Here's what has to happen. The Eagles have to lose every game the rest of the way. If the Eagles, all they have to do is win one time and the Eagles lock up the number one seed. The Eagles have to lose. And also, and this is the thing that is just a pain in the ass the past two weeks, the Vikings have to lose. The Vikings have to finish with at least the same record as the 49ers. Could be worse, obviously. But if it's the same, the Niners have the tiebreaker because they'll have the better record in conference. So that would make the Niners the two seed or, or at least pass them over the Vikings. So what we really would love is the Niners to have the one seed, of course, because they would get the buy, but even to get the two seed, just be better than Minnesota who two weeks ago had the biggest comeback in NFL history. Cause the Colts can't protect a 33 point lead. And this week they hit like a walk off. It was like a 60 yard field goal to beat the giants. 27, 24. Yeah. 61 yard field goal. Like, I don't know how they got of a horseshoe just jammed up their rear ends. But, man, Minnesota is riding some sort of magic carpet this season. But congrats to Dallas. Cowboys put up 40 on Philly. I don't know if that's good or bad. Like, you had to put up 40? It was 40 to 34. You couldn't stop Gardner Minshew? Don't ever talk to me about that Cowboys defense again, okay? Do not talk to me about that Cowboys defense comparing it to the 49ers. It is not the same at all whatsoever. There is a scenario where Minnesota gets the number one seed, and that would be the worst thing for the 49ers. We don't want Minnesota to end up with the number one seed because that makes the Niners' road to the playoffs way, way tougher. And I don't think that will happen, but you never know, man. I mean, they're 12-3. and We're 15 games into this season. I don't know how long we can keep calling the Vikings a fluke. Andrew, watching from Australia. Merry Christmas morning here in Australia. My present was that I could put the game on while everyone opened presents. Merry Christmas. You know what, Andrew? I thank you for making me a part of your Christmas. That's really cool, man. That is an honor. And I mean that sincerely. Like, it's Christmas morning and you are watching me. I don't know about your priorities, but I appreciate it nonetheless. Thank you very much. You deserve to get a shout out. Uh, Bobby R. asks, what was that ball ball on the sideline that Greenlaw snagged an interception? Oh, yeah, no, I should have been an interception. That was the one that Kyle didn't review, and he should have, but he had just lost the review, so he didn't want to do it. Let me look at the box score in this one because I wanted to check. I'm not going to lie. So I rearranged my Christmas Eve, and we did everything earlier, but I wasn't able to get out of there before the game started, so I was watching the game on my phone. So I didn't see as closely the plays in the first half. Niners ended up running 51 plays. They had 21 plays in the first half. 12 total drives, still at 7.3 yards per play, which is pretty impressive. 8.7 yards per pass. Niners 4 of 11 on third down. Washington converted some big third downs in this game uh, early. They had a third and 13 that I think they converted and a third and 14 and a third and nine, actually. The Niners literally were having a lot of problems stopping them on third down. And the Niners were stuck in third and long on offense. They couldn't really run the ball all that great today, which you kind of expected because Washington's defense is legit. I mean, the the Ray-Ray McLeod play, yes. But other than that, Christian McCaffrey, 3.1 yards per carry. Ty Davis Price, 3.3 yards per carry. Brock Purdy had one carry for six yards. So other than the Ray-Ray play, they couldn't run the ball. And you could see the difference in the offense because Niners were always in third and long. And obviously, third and long is a lot harder to convert. But I do think it's a feather in the cap for this team that you put up 37 points on the commander's defense. They were giving up, I believe, the fourth fewest points per game in the league, something like that. It was very, it was either fourth fewest points or fourth fewest yards. I can't remember, but they weren't giving up very many points either. So 37 points. And like I said, easily, easily, easily could have been more. This offense is kind of rolling right now. And it's great to see. I think the Niners are clearly ascending. As we go through here, they're peaking at the right time, which is absolutely fabulous. Bay Marin says, we're a passing team now. That's interesting. You know, I do wonder that. Have they kind of flipped a little bit? Kyle certainly seems willing to give it a shot. And the thing I I point to is they come out of halftime, right? They have four completions in the first half. The offense is kind of sputtered. They only put up 70 points. And Kyle goes, pass, pass, run, 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 and then boom. They hit the big play to Kittle. Like he put the game in the hands of Brock early, 13-yard gain, 13-yard gain. He, I think, is kind of understanding that the way this offense works is not run to pass. It's pass to run. Get the ball to Kittle. Get the ball to Ayuk, Debo, when he's there. Think about that, too. They scored 37 points with no Debo Samuel. It seems like this team is really able to just handle adversity. And God knows they have gone through a lot of it the past few years here, but you put up 21 against Seattle, you put up 37 against the commanders, you put up 35 against the Buccaneers, and you put up 33 against the Dolphins, mostly with your seventh round rookie draft pick at quarterback. That's insanity. That is literally the reason why I keep saying Kyle Shanahan should be the coach of the year. He has to be Who else would do this with their, again, they're not just squeaking by, right? I just read you the point totals. They are dominating people, especially that Dolphins game. They dominated them, and Brock didn't even know he was going to play in that game. The Buccaneers stink. They put up 35 on them, though. Seahawks, you put up 21 in Seattle, and then you drop 37 on the Commanders. Does anybody even know who the third string quarterbacks are for some of these other teams? I don't know. Who's the third string quarterback for the Eagles? I have no idea. And credit to the Eagles because they put up 34 points today. But that's their second string guy, not their third string. Oh, let's see what we got for a super chat here. Hink Dad, thank you very much. McGlinchey deserves respect for playing hurt, but his mental mistakes are getting old. Yeah, uh, I hate to. I don't want to get on too much because like he's literally been playing with broken ribs since like week eight, I think it was. And he deserves a ton of credit for that because any sort of rib injury is agony. But you can't have false starts in the red zone. And McGlinchey had two false starts in the red zone on back-to-back possessions, and both were on third down. That's part of the reason that the 49ers settled for field goals on those possessions was because third down, one was a third and goal. The second one was a third and five that then became a third and 10. Those are crushers in the red zone. And McGlinchey had two back-to-back possessions. That's a killer. But like I said, dude is a warrior playing hurt, broken ribs. I don't want to get on him too, too hard. Um, But yeah, those are, those mental mistakes got to be cleaned up a little bit. And I think early on, you kind of saw the 49ers look like a team coming off a huge, emotional divisional win on Thursday that clinched the division. And, you know, Kyle talked about wanting to keep his foot on the throat and all that, and I get that, but these guys are human beings, man. They know. They're like, oh, we're going to play against Washington. Yeah, they're kind of fighting for their playoff lives, but we're good. We'll beat them. And I think that there was a little bit of, call it rust, call it, you know, just looking past them a little bit. You know Kyle wasn't looking past them because Kyle wants to put up 50 on Daniel Snyder every chance he gets. But I think the players a little bit, you know, they might have thought, that this one was one that it could just kind of roll the ball out there a little bit. And they found out pretty quick that, uh, this Washington defense is no joke. Let me take a quick look around the rest of the league. I've been so out of it just because of everything with the holiday situation going on. New Orleans won. just trying to look at the rest of the, uh, NFC Dallas wins Houston beat Tennessee. My God. Uh, Ryan Gottlieb asks, did Jordan Mason sit out or was he active? Price isn't it for a backup. But Mason was active. I believe he got hurt. He had a hamstring injury that flared up on Wednesday. And I did see him on the side uh, on the sideline. Looked like he was getting stretched out uh, early in the game. Look, we all know Kyle would not have given the ball to Ty Davis Price if Jordan Mason was in any shape because Kyle doesn't like Ty Davis Price. But he actually did carry the ball a fair amount today. TDP ended up with nine carries for 30 yards. If Jordan Mason was in any sort of shape, he would have been in the game. Uh, Supposedly, the Niners' last return from IR spot is earmarked for Elijah Mitchell. So, and maybe with Jordan Mason, if he's banged up, if this is a serious thing, that makes him more likely to do it. Uh, And then we'll see him back at the end of the year. Waveware, where's Tevin Coleman? Hopefully far away from the field, man. What, who wants to see Tevin Coleman? He can only play against the Panthers. That's the only teams he does well against. There was a lot of talk in this game. And now you know what? Let me write this up really quick. Uh, there was a lot of talk in the game about Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, he's got, you know, he's getting better. Uh, he's coming along. They're holding out hope. I don't know about you. I don't want to see Jimmy Garoppolo get Like, I think Brock has played better than Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't know about you, but I think he has. I mean, what are you, what's the benefit of bringing back Jimmy at this point? He's not a clear cut improvement and he's been terrible in the playoffs. I throw it out to you. You tell me, maybe I'm off base on this. I think Brock's playing pretty damn good. Quarterback wins are not a stat, but the num the thing you're going to hear this week a lot when the, 49ers come up is that Brock Purdy is the first 49ers quarterback to ever win his first three starts for the team. Steve Young can't say that. Joe Montana can't say that. John Brody can't say that. Jeff Garcia can't say that. Colin Kaepernick can't say that. So that's what you're going to hear. But no, I, I'm not eager to see Jimmy Garoppolo back. Uh Natalia says Brock all the way. Uh let's see. Andre, if Jimmy comes back for the playoffs, he should be quarterback two. A backup, but you got to stick with Brock. That's interesting. I guess you would rather see Jimmy Garoppolo than Josh Johnson. I'm fine not seeing Josh Johnson ever again. Um, Mike watching on YouTube. It's time to let Jimmy go for good, period. Kyle watching on Facebook. Come on. No Jimmy Garoppolo. Purdy, so much more to offer. He does seem to have a little more mobility, and that has definitely been a help for the 49ers. Gray Fox. Thank you very much for the super chat. I do want to see Garoppolo back, but as Purdy's back up, Merry Christmas, Rob, Merry Christmas to you, Gray Fox and to everybody celebrating, no matter what holiday you might be celebrating this season. Um, I don't want to see Jimmy back. I do think it was interesting that we got the Brock Purdy uh, report from Jay Glazer before the game. Oh, he's got a cracked rib and it's torn partially torn oblique. Oh, but he's totally healthy now. It's like, mm, pretty sure torn, a torn oblique and a cracked rib don't heal in what the 10 days between games that the 49ers had, like not sure about that, but no, I don't want to see Jimmy again. Give me Brock. I'll take it all day, every day, as long as he plays like this. And I know he had a turnover today, but that turnover was not his fault. It bounced right off the hands of Juwan Jennings and into the hands of the defender. And that's going to happen. You know, the Niners have kind of been getting a lot of breaks with Brock Purdy at quarterback. This is something Michelle Majuk and I talked about on friday like no matter who it is when you have a rookie quarterback in there eventually even without a rookie quarterback whoever it is you're not going to get every bounce all the time some of those things are going to not go your way and a lot of them have been going brock's way we saw the one that was overturned by penalty Quandre jiggs uh dropped a huge what would have been a huge interception right before the half last week that kind of luck is not going to run with you forever and today it kind of turned a little bit and It was almost reassuring in a way because it's like, okay, that has happened now. Now we can continue to play well. Like, I'm not sitting there waiting for the other shoe to drop, so to speak, if that makes sense. Um, I'm going to try and keep an eye on some of the postgame stuff as Kyle's begun speaking. Uh, Matt Barrows tweeted, Christmas miracle. Kyle Shanahan reports no postgame injuries. Both Jordan Mason and Mooney Ward left the game but returned to action. Yeah, I was a little nervous. Because Mooney Ward came out, and he was in the blue medical tent. And then it was, well, now he's going back to the locker room. And I just got nervous. Like, man, this guy's coming off a concussion. They checked him for another concussion. I was nervous, definitely. But no post-game injuries is an awesome, awesome thing. Because so much of the 49ers' success this year is going to come down to just flat out how healthy they are at the end of the season. And they seem to be getting in pretty good shape. Um, I'm trying to see what else, if anybody sees anything, by the way, let me know. Cause I, you know, I'm seeing tweets here, but I'm also trying to host the show. So if you see something, drop it in the chat, uh, and we can react to it. I'm amazed that they are on this run. Like, don't take this for granted. We're talking eight straight games. That's essentially half the season. And it's just win, win, win different quarterbacks all the time. No matter shuffling guys in and out in the defensive line, Debo Samuel is out like this team just, it's like a machine. They just keep overcoming whatever is put in front of them. They just keep knocking it down again and again and again. It's pretty damn impressive. And to be 11 and four, if I had told you at the beginning of the year that the Niners were going to play, not one, not two, but three quarterbacks. And they were going to be 11 and four and still competing for the number one seed with two games left to play. You would have thought I was nuts or you would have thought that Brock Purdy is the most amazing quarterback ever. All right. Connor says Brock Purdy is Tom Brady. I'm going to assume that you're kidding for effect. But damn. Rock is way better than I thought he was. I didn't think he was anything. I didn't even think he should have been on the team. The stuff I was hearing out of training camp was that he was throwing picks left, right, and center. That he was short-arming guys with the ball. It wasn't good coming out of training camp. And yet, here we are. I don't know what he did. Maybe he improved his arm strength somehow. I know his throwing coach said he added five miles an hour on his passes. I don't buy any of that. This is his throwing coach. He's, He's trying to sell himself. So, who knows? But... Wave says Brock believes in himself and it shows in his poison awareness. He uh, definitely has the feel much better than I thought. Yeah. Like I'm not really that. I don't feel that bad about taking the L on Brock Purdy. Sorry. I didn't think Brock Purdy was going to be anywhere close to this. I was dead wrong. I didn't think Aaron Banks was going to be anywhere close to this. I was dead wrong on Aaron Banks and wrong for a long time. You know, I, I'm not afraid to take L's. We're all wrong on stuff, right? We all form our opinions. Nobody bats a thousand. I'm happy to take the L. I've never been happier to be wrong on some of that stuff. Waltony 101. 8 0 is nice, but imagine what we could have had next season with the Christian McCaffrey picks. Again, I'm going to assume that that is sarcasm. And thank you for watching on Twitch, by the way. At stats on fire if you want to follow me there. I'm going to assume that's sarcasm. Uh, I think that Christian McCaffrey has proved that he's worth all those picks. Like, would you, if I told you right now you could have the picks back, would you do it? I wouldn't do it. The dude is incredible. The whole offense revolves around him. And by the way, this isn't just a one-year rental. Like, he's going to be there for the next couple years. So absolutely, I would not do that. Walter, he 101. It was sarcasm. Yes. Still got it. <laughs> uh, let's see this. Kaj Kabak. Sorry if I said your name wrong. Kaj Kabak. Uh, Rather see Brock spinning out of sacks to throw the ball away than Jimmy quick release or bust. Brock reminds me of Jeff Garcia. Is he dating a playmate? I don't know. I imagine Brock Purdy does not have a lot of difficulty finding a date in the Bay Area these days. Uh, I actually don't know his situation. Is he already dating somebody? Who knows? But uh, yeah, that was a cool play. He does not panic. He does very well with like free rushers in his face too. Like he just, he's unflappable. And that's something that I feel like you either have or you don't. Jimmy does not have it. Say what you want about Jimmy Garoppolo. He doesn't have it. Brock Purdy does. Uh, Let's see. I'm just looking. Nick Bosa said on the Niners postgame show, he isn't focused on the forthcoming defensive player of the year award. Yeah, well, you might not be focused on it, but you should damn well get it. If he doesn't get it, that's highway robbery at this point. That would just be absurd. Robbie G watching on YouTube, and I swear that's not my burner. Congrats to the 49ers. I'm a Commanders fan in D.C. You guys are much better than us. Well, we've been building this thing for a few years, Robbie. We should be. But I think if you're a Commanders fan, there's a lot there. I mean, your defense is legit. It is real. I know they gave up 37 points today, but your defense is legit. Just got to come down to getting the right quarterback. And, hey, you, your team was going to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo before he announced his surgery this year. He's going to be a free agent next year. He'll be there for you if you want him. He'd be an improvement. Ronald W. Marks, watching on Facebook. Purdy kind of reminds me of Doug Flutie a little bit. Yeah, and he actually, he had some passes batted down today that made me think his height might become part of an issue. But uh, so far, it's been mostly good. Andre Garibay. He just makes some really good throws down the field, especially for a rookie. The kid will only get better. That's not true, right? That's what we said about Jimmy Garoppolo in 2017. Did he only get better? No, he stayed exactly the same. So we can't assume anything. And that's what I said as soon as Brock Purdy came in after he started to have success with the Dolphins game in the week after. We don't have to make any broad proclamations about Brock Purdy. We don't have to make him the starter next year. We don't have to make him uh, put him in a quarterback competition with Trey Lance next year. We don't have to do anything. All we have to do is the easy part, the fun part. Just sit back and enjoy the ride wherever it takes us, man. Because like I said, this is not normal for this to come in and happen. I don't know that we'll ever see this again. A third string quarterback pick last in the draft coming in and potentially guiding a team. Well, actually guiding a team into the playoffs and potentially even further than that. Who knows? So just enjoy it. You you don't have to pick a side. You know, I, I feel like there's been like a quarterback civil war with the 49ers for a long time. We don't have to do that. This is the guy we got. There's no other option. Let's just ride it out and we'll see. Maynard Keenan. Thank you very much for the super chat in the locker room. Jimmy is a buddy, not a leader. Brock is a leader. He actually pushes the team to be better. Well, it's interesting because Jimmy and Brock seem to both be incredibly well liked in the locker room. Both seem to be liked more than Trey Lance. If I had to guess And now, obviously I'm not in the locker room, so I don't know. But if I had to guess, I would say they seem to really have a connection with the teammates Um, the Niners teammates seem to praise Jimmy Garoppolo's leadership. To me, he doesn't come across as a leader. Brock does. Brock definitely comes across as a leader, which is, again, I feel like it's something you either have or you don't. But I mean, the 49ers will swear up and down that Jimmy G is a leader. So take that for what it's worth. He's also a buddy, though. I've heard Jimmy Garoppolo described by certain people as the quote, the ultimate bro. Like, people just like being around him. That's why he's so beloved. They like Jimmy Garoppolo the person. That's partly why you saw George Kittle with the Jimmy Garoppolo t-shirt last week that people got mad at for some weird reason. Like, he likes Jimmy the dude. Okay, I'm going to butcher this name, and I apologize. Sparthier? Kiwi Warrior? It's Christmas here in New Zealand, and the 49ers gave us a great gift. It does feel pretty damn good to win on Christmas Eve, going into Christmas, eight straight games, still have a chance at the two seed, still have a chance at the one seed. That's pretty nice. And the 49ers have given you a couple good moments this year, right? They won the Seattle game before the 10 days off and they won going into the bye week for the, you know, so you had the two weeks off there and you had to win. It's nice when that happens. It's definitely nice. Let's see uh, what else has been happening in the post game as I try and take a quick look. The no injuries thing is massive. I And I was so worried about this game next week because they're going to Vegas on New Year's Day. And it's like, are they going to be in Vegas on New Year's Eve? Like, what, what kind of a situation is that going to be? Maybe they need the game. Well, we don't have to worry about that. So, uh, at Glass, oh, Glass Half Full Guy says, I'm of the mind, Trey, is the guy next season. It's going to be interesting. This offseason is going to be very, very interesting for the Niners because anything's on the table quarterback wise. And I said this for months now before Brock Purdy even got in. Garoppolo coming back is on the table, although I think that's less likely now because he got hurt again. Um, I still think that Tom Brady potentially is on the table. Maybe Aaron Rodgers. Brock is on the table now. Trey is on the table. It's going to be crazy. It is not going to be a boring offseason. That's good for me. This is sort of my business. So. Oh, this is an interesting comment. Sleepy one, 14, 14. I don't think my heart rate has been over 100 since Brock Purdy took over. That's interesting because we're used to white knuckling it, aren't we? With Jimmy Garoppolo, we are used to one score game, end of the game. We're either down and we need a field goal or a touchdown, or we're up by one score and we need Jimmy to engineer drive to kill the clock. And we haven't had a ton of those with Brock, although we were in that spot today. But, yeah, it's sort of been a little bit calmer. This whole end of the season, I feel like, has been a lot calmer. Just because the 49ers have clinched, and it's just a different scenario. A lot of Trey Lance questions in the chat. Uh, Biolateralist, Biolateral U.S., how do you think Trey is doing mentally? Especially when the crowd is chanting Purdy's name. Buying the O-line Christmas gifts seems a little desperate to stay liked in the locker room. No, I man, the starting quarterback always buys gifts for the O-line. That's, that's just protocol. Uh, I think Trey is aware of his standing in the locker room, though. Like, I think he makes it a point to do those things because he wants to, you know, ingratiate himself to the locker room. And I don't think it's desperate, though. That's generally the custom that the starting quarterback, which Trey Lance was coming into the year, buys the offensive line gifts. Although I will say he spent a lot of freaking money. They all got sound bars. They all got like Yeti coolers and they all got a free suit, like a tailored suit, which I would love, by the way. I always said, if I ever hit the lottery, I would get all my clothes tailored. I'm not really a good looking guy, but when you wear clothes that are tailored specifically to you, you look better. You look way better. So yeah, that was a cool thing uh, from Trey Lance. This is an interesting game. Luis Fernando Aguilar Alonso says this would have been an unbelievably hard game for Jimmy. I don't think he would have thrown the first TD, for example. There's definitely plays that Brock makes out there that Jimmy Garoppolo either is not capable of making or would just choose not to attempt. Um, Just for a variety of reasons. Brock looks for doubles over singles. Jimmy looks singles first and he'll take the single every time. That's his that's what that's just how he looks at the game. Guy's open, short, first read, boom, there he is. Get the ball out of my hands and let him run. Brock is willing to hold on to it a little more. Um, and, and I think there was, uh, actually, it came out in the post game, I believe, that one of Kittle's touchdowns, he was not the first read on the play. He just kind of found the open space. Yeah, the first touchdown to Kittle was actually designed to go to Ray Ray, Shanahan said. Kittle instinctively went to the open space, and that's where the ball ended up. I think that Brock is a little more instinctual than Jimmy Garoppolo, which is weird because Garoppolo is such a veteran, but Brock seems to play that. Glass half full guy. Thank God 49ers took Trey over Zach Wilson. Yeah, that's not working. You know what the crazy thing is, though? Everything I heard said that Kyle's favorite quarterback in the class was actually Zach Wilson, but he just couldn't get – he knew the Jets were taking him, and he couldn't move up that high. I think if Zach Wilson was there, Kyle may have drafted him. Uh, obviously, we'll never know. But uh, let's see. Jared Hyde watching on YouTube. That long TD to Kittle in the end zone would never have been thrown by Jimmy. Probably not. So It's weird, but I think Kyle has adjusted to Brock now. And that's part of it, too, right? It's going to take Kyle time. And that's what I said about Trey Lance. It's going to take Kyle time to feel it out and get to know his strengths and weaknesses and how he plays the game. I think maybe now Kyle has gotten to a point with Brock where he knows he's willing to cut it loose and take those shots down the field because he seems to be doing it a lot more now. There was a great stat that, of course, now I can't find in my notes. I apologize. I know this is great uh, radio or podcasting, I should say. But Brock, unbelievable. Two touchdowns in every start this year. He's chucking the ball down the field, air yards, more than we've ever seen in this offense. Just phenomenal. It's been a revelation. He is doing more than what you want your third string quarterback to do. He is not just keeping the train on the tracks. He's part of the reason he's pushing the train down the tracks, at least partly. Now, it's not to say he doesn't have any help, but Brock's been doing the damn thing, man. Uh, Jack Thompson says a lot about how much Kyle's playbook is opening up. I don't know that like the playbook is any different. The, the passes that Brock is making the deeper passes down the field, the passes outside the numbers, they've always been there in Kyle's offense. How many times have we looked at the film with Jimmy Garoppolo and said, ah, look, okay. he Completed a pass, but look, this guy was open 15 yards down the field. Ayuk was open on the play. Jimmy didn't see it or didn't throw it. Brock is throwing those. That seems to be the biggest difference to me. Um, and I hope it continues. It seems like it will. Now defenses are going to move to take things away. There's like a progression when it comes to quarterbacks. First, it's like, all right, we don't know what to, how to defend this guy. Let's just blitz the hell out of him and see if he can handle that, right? And then if he does that, then it's okay. We, He can handle the blitz. Can he decipher coverages now? Let's go to the zone coverage. Let's attack him with a lot of zone and see if he can do that. And then if you do that, then it's like, all right, by this time, we're going to have film on you. We're going to see what you, your tendencies are, what you like, what you don't like, and whatever you don't like, that's the thing we're going to make you do. And then on you as a quarterback, it's up to you to adjust, figure out how to become comfortable with whatever it is that the defense is making you do and beat them that way. And then once you get to that point, then you've reached, a much, much higher level of quarterback play. And this is going to take much more time than this year. But just kind of overall in general, that's sort of the journey that you make. Steve Young once said, playing quarterback is all about what you can't do. You can't do this, and then you do it. And then they move the goalposts and put up another wall and say, yeah, okay, you did that, but you can't do this. And then you have to overcome that again. We saw it with, I mean, we've seen it with everybody. Peyton Manning, right? Oh, you're a great regular season player, but you can't do it in the postseason. Oh, well, OK, you did it in the postseason once, but you played the Bears. They weren't really that good. It was raining. You can't do it again. Then he goes to Denver and he wins the Super Bowl again. And it's like, well, you were terrible that final year and you got carried to a Super Bowl. No matter what it is, we're always pushing the goalposts down the field. But in the meantime, Rock Purdy just keeps racking up wins. So we'll take it. I'll take it. It's a damn good way to start my Christmas weekend. I'll tell you that. That's going to do it for this edition of the show. Thanks again to everybody. Please rate, review, follow the Niners Nation podcast network. Smash that like button. Smash that subscribe button on the Niners Nation YouTube page. We're going to be back on Monday live, 10 a.m. Pacific time. Uh, Vish is going to be in India, so I'm going to have to find a replacement host. But we will be here on Monday breaking this game down, uh, and we'll take all your questions, your comments. Kyle, I think we'll have spoken again too, so we'll have plenty of that to react to as well. But thank you, everybody, for your support. It has been unbelievable. We have more than doubled our downloads from last year, and we set a record last year for most downloads ever for Niners Nation. So we have smashed that this year. That is thanks to you. I am so, so grateful for that. Please, please, please keep it coming. Hope you have a great holiday, everybody. Hope the Niners got you started off right. Thanks to everybody watching overseas. I love you. Please keep doing that, and we'll talk to you next week.